Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. How many of you have been liking being in Mastermind? Thank you for sharing. I really appreciate you guys sharing, <coughs> excuse me, taking time to share today the message right now. Take out your phone, laptop, whatever, share it. I'm sharing it, you're sharing it, we're sharing it so we can help people. I want you to look at, with me at Philippians 4, okay, King James is fine, Philippians 4, and let's, we're going to look at um, verse 8. Um, we could really look at verse 6, we'll start with verse 6, let's look at Philippians 4 and 6. Um, the Bible is really clear to explain to us that our thoughts cannot be random, now, they're going to come in a random form in between your ears. That's why this whole series is so important. Um, it's very important to understand that I'm going to get a bunch of random thoughts that are going to come into my head. I'm going to get a lot of things I'm going to have to filter. I'm going to get a lot of thought thinking coming in that's not mine. But how many of you know that's, that's one aspect? But God was specific about not concentrating on thoughts you need to be discarding. Now that's pretty strong. I'm going to talk about that on Sunday. But one of the things he says, he says, cast your cares. Those are imaginations you need to get rid of. You know what I mean? Because that's what it is. It's in the arena of thinking that you have to overcome. So this is big because as we get in Philippians chapter 4, says, four six, be careful for nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be named unto God. Now, I want you to go slow, okay? He says, don't have anxiety, don't have care, don't have worry, don't have fret, don't have all this pressure. And everything through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let my request be made unto God. Great. But he says, don't be careful. Don't be full of cares. Don't be full of worries. Now, cares, if you think about it. Now, I was looking at that cashier care, but I want you to look at this. be careful for nothing. Now, you got to understand something when we talk about that word, to be anxious, to be troubled, right? To be what? To, to, to look out for a thing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm scared, I'm worried, it's got my focus. Don't let cares get your focus. Now, here's what I'm going to show you. This is really kind of cool. Okay? Cares are anxieties, worries, frets. Okay. Now, all those, all those um, elements, you know, because it, it says, and I don't, I don't, you don't have to go there, but I just want to read this to you because I like this. It says, in Philippians 4 and 6, in the Amplified, it says, don't fret. Um, you know what? You could go there. Let them see it there because I think it's going to help them understand this thing a little bit better. In the Amplified, yeah, it's really good. Don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, prayer and petition, let definite requests with thanksgiving continue to make your wants known to God. I'm cool. Okay? Now check this out. This is really good. And God's peace, 
shall be yours. All right, peace. That tranquil state of the soul, now my mind, my will, and my emotions are going to be in a tranquil state. That means they're not going to be all over the place. Right? Assured in salvation, and so fearing nothing from God and being content in this earthly lot of whatever sort that is, we have peace. His peace transcends all understanding, and it shall be the garrison and mount guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See that? So he's saying, okay, you got anxiety. Now think about this. Worry, anxiety, you don't see, when you think of anxiety, you don't think A-N-X-I-E-T. Why? You think like the stuff I'm looking at, pictures. Now watch this. It's pictures and feelings that are producing anxiety. Words, pictures, feelings produce anxiety. He's trying to get you to a place of peace. So, so what is causing, like, fear is not like, oh, my God, you know, you're, you're F-E-A-R, like, oh, the word. No, fear is producing a word, a picture, a feeling. A word, a picture, a feeling. Everything in your life that you hear through a word, it, has, it holds an image, Jesus even said you could become a divine partaker, excuse me, a divine partaker of a divine image from the word of God. Because pictures, words, pictures, feelings have what? Connection. All right. Watch verse 8. Okay. For the rest, brethren, whatsoever is True. Now he's saying, think on these things. Why? Because he knows if you're going to come to a place, a tranquil state of peace, you're going to have to keep your mind stayed on his word. So this is big because he's giving us the understanding of how you keep your life peaceful even in the midst of chaos. Funny how none of this stuff says feel. None of this stuff says see. Think on these things. For what? Whatsoever is true. Whatsoever is worthy. Whatsoever is honorable. Whatsoever is just. Whatsoever is pure. Whatsoever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind, gracious, what is, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on, weigh, and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. How in the heaven is me fixing my mind on true, just, pure, lovely, good virtue going to change everything? It's a law and a principle that once my mind is fixed on truth, I'm going to feel, I'm going to see, and I'm going to respond different. 
practice what you've learned and received and hear and, and heard and seen in me. Now he's saying what? And model your way of living it. And the God of peace will be with you. Untroubled, undisturbed well-being. So what is he saying? He's saying, look, if you're going to come to this place, this tranquil place of peace, or you know where it's going to be, it's going to be because you do this. You need to realize this, though. Thoughts can come to your mind from within, and thoughts could come from your mind from without. That's big. They don't always originate in your mind. The devil, the enemy, could try to put thoughts from the outside in. Fear tries to come from the outside in. Right? This is important. This is why, number one, you have to stay in close fellowship with the the Lord through prayer, meditation, and study of his word. This is how you learn to distinguish your thoughts. Now, I'm going to show you something here. Where do you find that? Hebrews 4 and 12. Now, this you got to get because they're very, it's very hard sometimes to discern what is what. All right? Now, I want you to kind of get this. We're, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more as we go on, but I, I think it's important that you, you look at Hebrews 4 and then we're going to go, and then, and then, and it really shows you. Um, and you, can, you know what? Let's start with verse nine. Slide up to nine because I, 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 I want you to kind of because it says, "For if Jesus had given them rest, then he would not have afterwards spoken of another day." There remaineth therefore a rest of the people of God. That's, aren't we all trying to get to this place of like, man? I just want my mind to settle down. I just want my Resting means to not relax, but, I mean, rest means relax, you know what I mean? But I want my mind to kind of like relax. I want my mind to settle down. I don't want my mind being so pressed. I don't want to mind deal. I call it mind dealing. I don't want to mind deal all the time. I just want to have like a peaceful mind, a peaceful life, a peaceful body, a peaceful internal. Well, there's a rest for the people of God. He that entered into rest cease from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor. Now that means it's going to be a little bit of work to get there, but we can get there. To enter into the rest, lest, enter into that rest, make sure nobody falls because of unbelief. All right, I'm cool. For the word of God, and this is big, the word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. So you see that right there? The joints in the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So now watch this. It divides soul and spirit, joints and marrow, thoughts and intents in the heart, in the spirit. Okay? Now, I want you to check something out with this, okay? Because this Hebrews 4 and 12 kind of tricky if you're not careful because look what I want to I want you to see this so you're going to ask me the question right what is those okay so what are thoughts what are intents now Thayer's dictionary says the act of thinking is an intention like an, almost an intention the acts of thinking consideration meditation a thought a notion 
a conception, an, a, 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 a manner of feeling and thinking. So now what's that mean? So he's saying what? Thoughts, right? You know what thoughts are, right? One of the things that's big about these thoughts, he says this. He says deliberation. When, when you're in, you know, you're rolling around like you're, you're having a debate within your mind. Like, what do I accept? What do I reject? He's saying, look, this is what the word of God does. It's a consideration. So watch this. It's a deliberation device. Man, ain't that crazy? So your head's sitting here going, you're having a debate with yourself. Serve God, don't serve God. Walk the word, don't walk the word. He's saying, listen, the word of God deliberates in, inside you this thing and, and shows where you're at. Joints and marrow, right? You ever ask yourself that? Now, this is big. Let me just show you this, right? Because I think you're going to like this. What do you mean? Okay, what are you talking about? Well, I think, I think what happens here, joints and marrow, right, talks about the connection, okay? Connects. A joint, right? A joint in my arm connects my arm to my upper arm part, you know what I mean? My forearm, right? It, the joint connects. The word of God connects or separates. Soul and spirit, joints and marrow, thoughts and tents. One of the words I like, it's, a it's an internal deliberation of your thinking. So basically, you have an inside debate like, should I accept it or should I reject it? Should I go with it? Should I not? Should I walk it out? Should I not? Should the word so what's, what's the divider? The word of God. So if the thoughts and the intents of the heart are divided by the word of God, then the word of God is giving me the direction that I need to have. Now, why did I say that? I said that because what I was talking to you about, if this is what I'm supposed to do, my power key of life, as I stay in close fellowship with the Lord through praying, meditation, and study of his words, I'm going to learn how to distinguish the source of my thoughts. Well, what do you think the number one tool is going to be for me to discern the thoughts of my life. In my head, outside, it's going to be the Word of God. So now i got to know a little bit about the Word of God. <coughs> Excuse me. Isn't that true? Because if I don't know what the Word of God says, how in the heaven am I going to know what to do? So naturally, evil thoughts come from the devil. God is love. Remember we talked about that last week? God is love. Man, filter through love. Love thinks no evil hears no evil, sees no evil. The kind of thoughts that come from God are good. So this is big. So my thinking has to be in connection with what? The Word of God. Otherwise, i got to filter that thought and get rid of it. But isn't it true? It starts creating pictures. It starts creating feelings. It starts creating an identity. It starts creating a lot of stuff in life. And this is the big thing. What happens if I don't have a filter? If you don't have a filter, you got trouble, man. Let me, an unrenewed, I don't even like daydreaming. An unrenewed, undisciplined mind is dangerous. I'm telling you, man, you're not safe. And let me tell you something about Christians. This is a good one. You want, this can help the carnal. The people, all you people that cannot understand carnality, here it is in a nutshell. They're just unrenewed minds. They don't know any better. Now, to him that knows good and doesn't do it, that's sin. But a lot of these people are brand new. They don't get it. And yet you live off your conscience, and your conscience isn't safe until it's been taught the word of God. That's a good one right there. And, and you know why that's important? Because um, 
negative confession. Um, you know, that's what he even said. He said this. He says, you know, uh, when we were in Hebrews 4 and 12, did you want to see something really cool? Check this out. Neither, right? You can go back to verse 12 if you, if you want, if you got it up there. You know what I mean? King James is fine. What do you got it in? King James or Amplified? Is it Amplified? Yeah, King James is perfect. You can leave it right there. Look, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharpening into his sword, right? Discerning the thoughts and tense of the heart. Now watch this. So he says, okay, this is cool, right? Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. He goes on to say, right? But all things are openly naked to him in the eyes of him. Seeing then, now watch 14. Seeing then, we have such a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession, where it is confession. For we have not a high priest, we cannot be touched with the feelings of our weaknesses and infirmities, but in all ways was tempted as we are without sin. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy to find help in the time, find grace and help in time of need. Isn't that cool? So here's what he said. He said, okay, the word of God divides, it's quick, it's powerful, and you got to hold on tight to your confession. Why? We have a great high priest that is passing in the heavens because your words, your words are what the enemy's fighting for. He wants your mouth. So why do you think you got this outward pressure? Say something different. Why do you think you got this inward picture? Think something different. Think something different. Say something different. Now, it's all about saying something. You know? And it's funny, your inward image is created by what you believe, not what God said. Because you don't maybe believe what God said. So your inward picture is only as good as what you believe God said about you. Otherwise, it's not safe. You know what I mean? So now you got outside, inside. So what am I doing? I'm trying to develop this thing from the truth of the word of God, right? That's the same thing he said in Hebrews, you know? Christianity is called the great confession. That's Hebrews 3 and 1. You want to see that? You can see that. Let them see that. Negative confession is not what God's talking about most of the time. He's talking about confessing the word of God prop, uh, um, um, properly. Hebrews 3 and 1 shows you that. I'll tell you, you know what I've been really noticing is that the more you start looking in the word of God, it rightly divides itself. Wherefore, holy brothers, partakers of the holy calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. What do you mean? The apostle and high priest of what? Our confession. That's Christianity. Christianity, one of the translations for Christianity is it's the great confession. You wouldn't know people are saved by the confession of their mouth. Can you imagine that Christianity is called the great confession? Can you imagine if we walked around seeing if people were saved based upon what they said? Yeah, we'd have a lot of problems. Why is this? Because Jesus Christ is the apostle of our confession. Ooh, hold fast. Why do I got to hold fast what I say? Because it's, it's messing up. You know what? Your words, this is good. Write this down if, you, if you're taking notes. This is going to be powerful. You're going to put a lot of emojis on this one. Ready? This will be good. You want to know why we got to hold fast our confession and we got to watch our confession and we got to oversee our confession? Because really, my confession is really revealing what is in my heart. And it is in my thinker. So what's coming out of your mouth is what's in your thinker. Because it's the only, words out of your mouth are the hidden 
revealing of what's in your heart. So if you want to know what's in somebody's heart, listen to the words coming out of their mouth. It's a law. Somebody's like, oh God, I got to repent. Yeah, you do. You got to get a better picture. But why do you have a picture? Because this is the problem. Because people have a natural performance, but you have to still filter it through a godly, um, I like to say this, it's almost like you have to produce a godly example even though they have a natural performance. So they have a natural performance, but you have to lay your godly example above, above their, their performance. So here's your performance. Like Pastor Chris performs like this. I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. And now you got to see me through the filter of a godly finished product. So now where I don't meet the mark, you got to let this grace tap in and, and, and let it cover it. And then you go, ooh. Like I go back, oh, Pastor Chris, he going to be, he going to be, he going to be, he going to be getting me. He's going to get me. Well, you got to go, oh, no, I'm going to think the best. See, that's how you do it. Because why is that so important? Because if you're, you're not going to do that with yourself, you're not going to do that with your thinking. And you're going to think wrong thoughts. And then you got a problem. And then you can think like, oh, this isn't fair. No, it's fair. You know what I mean? It's real, it really is. Because here's the thing. What did I tell you? If you got wrong thinking, guys, you got problems. I, I can't, you can't change people that think wrong. You can give them truth all day long, but it doesn't come your truth. I was sitting with somebody not too long ago, right? And it was funny. They were young. And I said, the whole, the whole book's not going to work unless you believe it's true. You know what I'm saying? Because now you got people, oh, I don't know about that. What do you mean you don't know about that? If you don't have the common denominator, like, like we could argue, like if I said to you two plus two equals four, and you're like, I don't know about that. What do you mean? Well, I don't believe in the system of math. What do you mean? Well, I just don't believe it. No, it's four. If I had four coconuts, <laughs> I put them on his desk. One, two, three. Four. I don't. I don't even believe that. You ever have argumentative people like that? Like anything you tell them, you believe they tell you just the opposite because they just want to be goofy. Yeah, that's what happens. If you don't get the right thoughts from the Word of God, we got problems. So why am I telling you that? When you think in line with the Word of God and believe in line with what the Bible says, then you can live in the reality of what God wants for you. It's when you have a, 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 a breakdown or a debate internally. That's all doubt is, is the inward debate. So, you know what I mean? This is, this is really big. Um, why? You got to know, understand this. It is necessary that we have a total understanding of what God has given us through Jesus Christ and that we believe it and we confess it, Okay. Because the confession of your mouth creates reality. That is a positive thing for your life. But here's the key. You might have wrong thinking. So what starts happening is we got to make sure your thoughts are in line with the word of God. Because right thinking leads to right believing, leads to right speaking. Everybody gets excited about the speaking, but we got to get excited about the believing. Because here's the thing. It's necessary for you to understand the word of God so you know what the will of God is. And what God can do for you. That is huge, man. Now you might say, well, I don't believe that. Well, you, that's why you go to church and you learn about a bunch of stuff you don't know. You know? That's why you got the Holy Ghost. He's going to come alongside of you and help you with this. But you can't be stubborn. That's the problem with people. They get stubborn. What do you mean you get stubborn? You get stubborn in your thought. You know, your, your thoughts are pesky. If you, don't make, if you don't get them, they'll stay there. They will. 
this grace is working for you. Because you got to get out of this, you got to get out of this mentality of, um, you know, you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth. You all know that, Romans 10. Believe in the heart, confess with the mouth. Well, here's my question. What happens if you get your believing wrong? Your speaking's wrong. Well, how in the world did my believing get wrong? I'm thinking wrong. Are you seeing this? Think, believe, speak. It's huge. Because you're only as good as you believe. You got to reveal this stuff. You know, I, I listen. You, God comes to the children of Israel and says, you can have the land flowing with milk and honey. You can have it all. Right? Caleb and Joshua got excited about it. Remember Numbers 13? Let's go to Numbers 13, 30. You need to see this. You don't need to be no wilderness wanderer. You know what I mean? These people are wilderness wanderers when they're supposed to be destiny deliverers. Ain't that crazy? Look. Let, 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 let's look at verse 25. We'll read a little bit. Just let them see it, right? These people got messed up. They got messed up, man. Messed up minds. A messed up mind leads to a messed up mouth, which leads to a messed up life. Because your decisions are miserable, man, when you ain't thinking right. You ever, you ever been in a real spiral when you're not thinking right? And then, man, you just start getting... You just keep making goofier decision after goofy decision after goofy decision, and you just you just falling off the rail. And they return. It was funny. I'm gonna tell you something, right? I was watching football. Okay, I'll give you something here. This one dude. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. This guy was 20. He hasn't missed. He missed. He ain't missed it in forever. This guy. This is a perfect example. Of this. He made his last, um, uh, like 30 attempts. Guy kicked every one of them through the pipe. 50 yards, didn't make a difference how far, right? Guy's a machine. Kick him through. Well, gets up to go do it, misses. Whole world shocked. Game over, thought it is, right? You think like, oh, man, ain't no doubt. There ain't no doubt, right? He misses. Gets up again, come back like, game over. This guy's a game over kind of guy. They're ready to walk off the field. He missed again. You think there ain't no way in God's green earth. This guy ain't missed. This dude, for the last... He hasn't missed consecutive for years, like 10 years. He ain't never missed a consecutive field. The Joker missed again. And everybody goes, he's not mentally right. He's just spiraling right now. He is totally off his mental game. And you know what's funny? You could see it. He was frazzled. He didn't know what was going on. Because once this thing is gone, you don't even function right. He's kicking things all over the place. He missed so bad the one. I was like, oh, my God, dude. I never seen this dude miss so bad. Why? And everybody knew, like, everybody, the announcer, his teammates, everybody, he's mentally broken down right now, and he cannot function. And then eventually he made one, and you know what the funny thing was? You could see it. Like, he got his composure back, and once he got his composure back, he started acting right again and did what he did mechanically through what? Muscle memory. That's a crazy analogy, but you know what makes sense. Man, when you start spiraling, you, it just feels like you can't fix nothing. Right? So these guys searched the land for 40 days, and they, when they went and came to Moses and Aaron, it, right, they came with the children of Israel, the wilderness of Parin, to Kadesh, and brought back a word unto them for the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They brought back a word. 
Now, this is deep. Now, let me show you something here now. There's a principle in here I need you to see. They brought the word, and they brought a picture. They brought the fruit. They got the word, and they got a visual. See it. Grapes. You heard me say that before. And they told them and said, we came where the land, where you told me to go, and surely it flows with milk and honey, the word. It's true. It's true. What you God said about that is true. And here's the proof, the picture. Now watch this. Now check, hold yourself back now. Hold yourself back. Nevertheless, here you go, now they're, they're downhill. Downhill right there. Rejection. Right? What did I say? What did I say? Nevertheless, what's that mean? Yeah, but. Now, what was happening? The wrong thinking erased the truth and the feeling and the picture. Got rid of all of it. The people are strong. The city is walled. And there's giants in the land. But wait a minute. God was true. The truth. They had the truth. And they had the feeling and the picture. And they see it. They could touch it. They got everything working for them. But what? They rejected. Caleb said, hush your mouth. Let us go up at once and possess it, for we're able to do it and we can overcome it. New word. Now I got to think. Do we go for it? Oh, it's about faith. Nah, man, it ain't faith until first it's a thought that's conceived. Then it becomes faith. Because this is where accepting reject is. I, I, I ain't going in there. You can't even get to faith till you get the thinking going. And they, watch this. And, but the men, look at this, verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, we are not able to go. Wrong thought. Why? They're stronger than us. Reason. We can't do it. But did God say? Yes. And they brought up an evil report. How you get an evil report? You got an evil thought. Anti-God, anti-Christ. Everything that's evil is anti-God's word. Watch this. The land which they searched, saying, the land, we gone and searched it. It's got what? It's eaten up with inhabitants, and all the people we saw in the men are of great stature. They big. And they saw the giants which come out of the giants, sons of Anka. And we were in our own sight. Stop. We were in our own. When did God tell them to look in themselves to tell them the picture of what they could do? We were in our own sight. God didn't seem like no grasshopper. He seen them like a mighty army, champions, world changers, anointed individuals with the God stuff on them. But we think wrong. We don't think like God thinks. We think lesser of ourselves, 
And therefore, we're grasshoppers, and God's got them to be giant slayers. We were in our own sight. When did God ever tell you, look through your eyes and tell me what you can see about what I can do? He said, see what I see. Say what I say. Believe what I believe. Think what I'm telling you to think. Think on these things. I, well, I don't want to think on those things. You ain't allowed to not think on those things if you're going to walk in God. I want to think about what I want to think on, Pastor Chris. Pastor Chris, can I think about what I want to think upon? No, you got stinking thinking, potty mouth. That's your problem. Why my mouth got potty in it? And I'm not talking about cussing. I'm talking about unbelief. You see what I'm saying? We were in our own sight. Whoever asked you to tell me what you could see in you that can undo what God said you can do. You know I'm preaching better than y'all, amen to me. Look, be, no, it's true because, well, you know, I don't want to. And the con look at verse 14.1. This is the craziest part. And the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. Now, now watch this. Watch verse 2. And all the children of Israel got mad at Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said, what God that we have died in the land of Egypt? Why don't you just let us die in the wilderness? Wrong thinking. So God brought us here to die. No, God brought you there to see the champions that you are and possess the land he gave you because you think wrong, you're undoing the whole thing. 11-day journey took these nitwits 40 years. You say, well, Pastor Chris, you're being a little rough with these. No, I'm not. I'm trying to tell you. They say, we're going to die. It's over. Seen the wrong picture. Got a wrong plan. No, no. They wandered for 40 years, the whole congregation in the wilderness. But Joshua and Caleb, they had a different idea. They believed they could conquer the promised land. They said, let's go up and possess it. They said, we got a different thinking. We got a different speaking. What's well, funny? Now watch this. This is what I'm going to leave you with. Their thinking led to their speaking, led to their seeing, led to their action. Are you seeing how this works? So if you got the wrong thinking, you're going to have the wrong seeing. You're going to have the wrong feeling. You're going to have the wrong doing. This is huge. This is the difference of doing it or not. It's all about your thinker. If you think you can, you can. Some people think like God, you know, God's got all these ways. No, no, no. God ain't got no pets, no favorites, none of that stuff. God doesn't. He loves you all the same. God is ready. This is so true, and it's so important. Unbelief kept them out of promised land. The children of Israel could not enter into the promised land because of unbelief because they could not be persuaded to act upon God's word. So this is what you got to know. Some people doubt God's word because they don't know it, and other people cannot be persuaded to believe it. But it all starts with your thinking. And you're saying, man, Pastor Chris, I don't know if it starts with my thinking. I just told you it did. It starts, let me tell you something. You know what's funny? This is the funny thing about this. It, it's really cool. It starts with thinking, and it's going to end with thinking. I know they're speaking. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think it, I, I feel it, I see it, I say it, 
I do it, and then you got to go back to thinking. Think on these things. So I think it, and then I seal it with thinking because I keep my mind stayed on it. It keeps me in peace. I think it's coming to pass. You know what I'm saying? I keep my thinker on the good, the just, the good report. What's he say with that thing in 4.8? Again, in Philippians, you don't got to go there. Think on these things. He didn't say stop. It makes a great deal of difference in your life what you think on. That's why people stay sick and messed up and broke. It's easy to follow man's thinking. Don't take no effort. Think like the world thinks. Doesn't take no effort. This is the big thinking and unbelief. That's simple. Man, your faith is held in hostage until you start thinking right. You can't go nowhere. Can't produce nothing. You're going to build a solid faith life. You're going to have to change the way you think. That's the God's honest truth. You're going to have to stand your ground and think right. And then we're going to get in this other side of confession, but before we start, so here's my question. What are you thinking that doesn't, you've got to get rid of everything you think that doesn't line up with the Word of God. I cannot overemphasize this because this is true. This is why we're on this. Because here's the thing, well, how do I know? I told you to filter it through love, but, man, you better start filtering this thing through the Word of God. You know? Because see, here's the thing. The confession of the believer must grow out of faith, and this is the key. Faith has to be formed in the heart, but before faith is ever formed in the heart, you're going to have to think in line with God's word so you can develop it, and then it gets released. So your beliefs are really formed in what you think before they're ever formed in the position to be released. So I think this is how it works. You think it, it gets solidified within your heart because you do not differ, and then you could speak it to release faith to move mountains. So this is a big day. So if you don't think, well, you know, we can't take the land. Well, then there ain't no hope for you. We can't overcome sick. We can't overcome broke. We can't, we can't live that kind of life. I don't think. Well, stop. Then the word of God shows up and makes you what? Make a decision. Divides the soul and the spirit. Are you in the soul? Or are you in the spirit? Once you lean to the spirit side and have exception in the thinking the thinking now forms the belief within the heart. That is where accept and reject is in the heart of man, in the soul. And then you, you kind of have that little, oh, I hang on. Don't what? Don't make it a debate. Because you remember what I told you doubt is? Doubt is just differing. Don't have a deliberation within you. You know, that's a law, legal term. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what am I saying? Don't go to trial within yourself about the word of God. Just accept it. I don't know how much truth you need, but go with it. I'm going to tell you what, a lot of people are putting a lot of responsibility on God, but God's putting responsibility back on the church because he already said, he said, I gave you dominion, man. you got to allow this word to take root. So today, I want you to just focus on that, okay? Is my thinking, think about this now. I'm going to let you go. Is my thinking lining up, or am I being like the children of Israel coming in this thing going like this? Well, you know, I know I can see it, and I know it's the truth. I, lo- I think that is one of the most solid, um, solidifying facts that me and you could see with the children of Israel. They say, look, man, we went and we saw, and man, it's true. That is the land, and here is the fruit. So now you've got everything going. Your senses can feel it, touch it, smell it, taste it. It's there. You're thinking, no. And what it is. It was nevertheless, so rejection of truth 
And rejection of seeing and feeling and touching and tasting is what? Putting you in a position where your thinking is now taking you out of faith. So do we got a faith problem or we got a thought problem? Well, I don't think God wants me to have that. Well, then guess what? He don't. Now, I know you got to have 1 John 1 and 9. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I understand that, like, I got to repent with some stuff. I'm a little messed up. But I also know you got to have 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have that anything we know out of that word of God, we know he hears me. So you got to know what the word of God says. Where the will of God is known, guess what? Faith is born. But I got news for you. If you're, you're questioning the will of God, you're questioning the character of God, you're questioning everything about God, then you're looking up going, I don't know if it's God. Well, then how in the heaven are you going to know what you release and believe? And then Christians just live in status quo Christianity. Don't believe nothing. Don't expect nothing. Don't see nothing. Don't do nothing. Don't know nothing. Don't have nothing. The days of this are over. You're, getting your th you're going to find the word of God. This is what you're going to do. Here you go. Here's your take home. One, you're going to find the word of God, and you're going to think about it, and you're going to go, do I really believe that? You're going to believe it by proof of Scripture. You're going to think it's yours, and then you're going to get to a place of faith, and then the faith you receive in the heart, you're going to release with your mouth. That's what I'm doing. You see this? So a situation, like, right now, you sick in body. So we're going to find a scripture that says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost power went about doing good and healed all those who oppressed the devil. We know sickness and disease is not the will of God. We know that by his stripes we're healed. We know that. So now we solidified on our thinking, God wants me well. Now faith is getting ready to be born from the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. My thinking is in line with the word of God. The word of God has been heard in my ear. Now it's formed in my heart. And now I must deliberate with inside and not have a doubting heart. What do I do? Do not differ, accept it to be truth. Now I'm getting ready to release it with my mouth. Now don't get into reason. How's it going to happen? Who cares? How, how are you going to do it? Who cares? Just know he's going to do it. How in the world did he do everything else he did? Who cares? I don't know. It takes faith. And then what am I going to do? Eventually the last step is going to be I'm going to release it with my mouth and I'm going to change my life and my future because the words in my mouth are going to create the reality in my life. You see it? That is how we do it. And now that's how you're doing it. Don't be like the children of Israel. Get rid of all the neverthelesses. Get it out of your mouth and get it out of your mind because it's going to change your life forever. Let me pray for you. You did great tonight. That's a good little teaching, though, that'll help you go. Like, see it. Oh, I see it. It was there. Truth was there. And the visual was there. But they rejected it all because they didn't care. So why? Wrong head. There's giants in there. Why would you take us here? Did you take us out here to die? This is how we see it. Man, ain't that the, wasn't that really good? The bottom part, though, when we got in there and we looked at it, this is how we see. I mean, this is how we see what? Who asked you what you see? This is how we see it. Who asked you to see it the way you see it? You know what I mean? I'm going to go back and just read that because that, that messed me up. I like that. I like that. It was 33, right, over there. And he said, what? You, you remember? I'm just going to read. You don't have to go there. And there, there we saw the giants, and we were in our own sight. 33. Who in the world even gave him this grasshopper idea? We were in our own sight. Get out of your sight and see what God told you to see. That, you know what the biggest problem was? He didn't even tell them to go look. He said, go take the land. They went and spotted out. It was supposed to be a confirmation. Wound up becoming a curse. You're supposed to see it and get excited about it. They saw it and got scared. 
Maybe God doesn't want you to see it. Just wants you to do it. Might freak you out if he showed you the whole plan. I'm so freaked out. You know what this is going to be? Ah, man, just take a step of faith and go towards it and think right. Fix your thinking. Come on, get rid of that stinking thinking and think right and believe you receive what God has for you. Amen? You did great tonight. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person listening. I thank you, Lord, that you're helping us think right so we can believe right, so we can act right, so we can speak right, so we can transform the world around us. Thank you for giving us the strength and the ability to do exactly what you called us to do and do it in the power and the strength that you gave us to do it in so we can bring glory to the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.